No Direction Network presents Pfizercon 2022 Seminar Coverage. For more great convention coverage, check out NoDirectionPodcast.com. Hello! Welcome to the Foundry. Uh, well, real good right out of the gate. Welcome to the Pathfinder on Foundry VTT panel at PaizoCon 2022. Uh, today we are joined by, do you want me to use your real names or um, Atropos and Nath from Foundry VTT right here. Um, and Amy from Sigil Entertainment who uh, produced our Outlaws of Alkenstar um, adventure path that just launched the second volume earlier this week. Um, hey guys, thanks for joining us. Yeah, so excited to be here. Happy PaizoCon, everyone. Yay. Hello, everybody. Do we have a, uh, we have a mass noun for Paizo fan? Like Paizarine? Or how do we refer to the collective fan? Paizoers? I think Pizors? it was... Somebody was proposing Paizan, Paizanos at some point, but I don't think that ever became official. So it Might have been taken already. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, we're here to talk about Foundry VTT, which hopefully you are at least passingly familiar with if you came to this panel. Um, Foundry uh, is a virtual tabletop software that uh, we partnered with earlier this year, and they have so far uh, produced some incredible conversions of both the Pathfinder Beginner Box and just recently the uh, complete Abomination Vaults Adventure Path. And Sigil is producing, for the first time ever, day-and-date conversions of uh, our new AP volumes, beginning with the first volume of Outlaws of Alkenstar, Punks in a Powder Keg, and just as of the other day, Cradle Quartz, the second volume, um, all of which are fantastic. And if you haven't checked them out yet, and you are a Foundry player, what are you doing? Go do that. Go check them out. And if you're not a Foundry player, and you have any interest in VTTs at all, you should uh, probably do that too, because they're, they're pretty great. Um, thank you. Well, you know, you, you made it. I'm just talking about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I think that, uh, we, we, we would, uh, figured we would start with just, uh, a couple of basic questions and let you guys talk and show off some of the stuff that you've done. Um, I guess, why don't we start by, uh, showing the trailer for the, um, beginner box, because that was the, the first big release that we did, um, last month. And um, it's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty good introduction to some of the cool stuff that they've done. So yeah, let's take a look at that. Foundry Virtual Tabletop presents the Pathfinder Beginner Box, an amazing introduction to Pathfinder 2nd Edition like you've never seen it before. The Beginner Box walks you through everything you need to know to be a game master or player and includes a dungeon crawling adventure designed to teach you and your party Pathfinder's rules. Your players can choose from four iconic pre-built characters like a rogue, wizard, fighter, or cleric, one of dozens of additional characters from the system, or they can make their own from scratch. Once everyone's ready to play, you can jump into Minis Under Otari. The adventure includes meticulously upscaled versions of the original maps and a beautiful set of new scenes from Narky maps using Forgotten Adventures assets that include overhead tile support and animated lights. Improved visuals are just the beginning, and your players will be fully immersed as they delve beneath Otari with Sirenscape-provided background music for setting the scene, and ambient audio for creature sound effects, environmental effects, and more. Journal entries linked to the scene and to each other will make it easy to run the adventure, and custom styling makes it clear when to play certain tracks or run an encounter. The automation and tight rules integration of the Pathfinder 2e system makes it a breeze to run complex combat encounters even for new game masters. And once the battle is over and your players have emerged victorious, you can use loot sheets to distribute treasure from their fallen enemies. Every creature you'll face includes high-resolution portrait and token art that are pre-placed on scenes along with hidden traps and hazards just waiting to be sprung on your players. Once the menace under Otari is dealt with, think of all the other adventures you'll go on. But you may discover that what lies underneath Otari is just the beginning. Hey! Hey! So pretty impressive! Yeah, I mean, I've seen that thing like 20 times, and it's still still pretty cool. 
It's your attention um, while you watch it. It's neat. And especially, of course, I, I mean, my favorite thing about that when you put it out was the, like, oh, my God, look at this. It's a, it's a cool beginner box thing, and it's a whole new product. And then, oh, yeah, in the last three seconds, we're going to tease something that's five times bigger. Bam! <laughs> um, yeah. Which, of course, just came out yesterday and is, in fact, even more impressive and has been getting uh, rave reviews and reactions from people all across the uh, all across the Foundryverse. I don't know what we call that, but um, whatever your, your fandom is called. I've been extremely, extremely pleased with the level of positive feedback coming from the community about it. It's very reassuring. Yeah, well, you guys did do an incredible job. So I think just one of the things that, uh, one of the questions that I just wanted to, to go into here with you guys was when you approach something like that, when you approach something like the Abomination Faults, which is a, a huge, a huge product, uh, wh what kind of challenges do you find yourself facing when you first start trying to plot out how you're going to convert physical product into a digital representation that both preserves what was cool about the physical one and takes advantage of all the new opportunities of putting it on a BTT. Yeah, Shane, may I may I take a stab at that? Sure. Um, so one thing that was really interesting was when we first were discussing what product to create, you know, the whole sort of Paizo catalog was was open a little bit and, and there was a lot of discussions about what to focus on and Abomination Vaults came up because of the hardcover re-release, because of all of the awesome uh, opportunities that there were with Abomination Vaults to do a sort of VTT-centric experience because it's very sort of dungeon delvey, you know, traps and hazards and monsters and evil lairs and things like that that play really well in a virtual tabletop environment. And so that was really appealing, but then we even had to, had to have lots of, you know, thoughtful discussions with, with you and the folks at PySpice about, like, could, could, we, could, could we do this as kind of like a, a, a deluxe product that has the whole adventure, that has all the artwork, that has audio from our partners at Sirenscape, that has uh, specialty maps that are redone to specifically take advantage of all of the features that Foundry VTT can offer. Like, we, we made a, a, a pretty... I guess, I guess it was compelling because you ended up saying yes, but you know, we made a, a sales pitch basically of like how we envisioned that product might look and feel. And uh, it was really great to have the partnership and uh, enthusiasm on the Paizo side to like do something that was maybe a little bit different, maybe a little bit more risky, like maybe a type of product that hasn't really existed before. And I think we have created something that is pretty exciting and pretty novel because we really wanted to emphasize the type of immersive experience that players could have while delving through Gauntlet and the Abomination Vaults and all of the types of narrative moments that are contained in that absolutely massive and, and exciting adventure. And so a, a lot of what went into it was sort of before any work was even done, like figuring out what was the vision for how would this product look and feel on a virtual tabletop that would that would just go extra in, in every dimension that we could. And probably from here, it makes a lot of sense to turn it over to Shane for his view on like, once we figured out what the actual product was, like what did we have to do in order to actually sort of follow through on that vision and make it the, you know, the amazing product that, that it ended up turning out to be. So one, one of the biggest challenges I think we faced is Abomination Vaults is just a massive amount of content. Like it's the hardcover book is like 260, 270 pages or something. And converting that alone, if we were to just take the the PDF and convert it one-to-one -to, -one to journal entries and just leave it at that, it wouldn't be it wouldn't hit all the points that a person who regularly uses a virtual tabletop is used to experiencing. Uh, the interlinking of journal entries, the building out extra art for the NPCs in Otari, the just finding ways to bring extra value that, that couldn't be achieved with the PDF meant Effectively having to hire someone who already knew the adventure to a great degree and then having that person also have the talents and knowledge to be able to organize things 
in a logical and immersive way. So we picked we picked someone from the Pathfinder 2e dev team and community, and we got one of the the most prominent uh, map creators in the fan base for this purpose. We pulled Narki in, we pulled Korra in, and both of them just every time I was questioning whether we were doing the right thing, I'd get a message from one of them just saying. I've just finished this thing. Look how cool it is. And it just drove me to find new ways to bring additional content to the adventure. Cool. Yeah, and we, we also we also, you know, developed some some pretty new features that that hadn't necessarily existed before along the way in, in terms of um, you know, some of the approach to to importing the adventure and making that process really seamless for someone to get up and running and started and, um, you know, for, for partnering with, like Shane mentioned, with Narki, but also with Sirenscape and then with the folks at Paizo to kind of bring all of the ingredients to bear. Um, you know, Andrew from Paizo, you, you know, you, I recall you being so helpful with like all of our sort of artwork needs because, you know, drawing from the wealth of the, the whole library of art that Paizo has accumulated over the years, there's just so much amazing character and environmental art that we were able to like sample some things that really fleshed out the, the completeness of the product to a degree that I think is just not is really rare it's really uncommon and i think it represents a, a superb value for for customers who you know in terms of the amount that they get with that purchase not to mention you know the discount if you already own the the hardcover or the pdf like it's it's really a very i think a very appealing and and customer friendly offering that that we really hope everyone's going to love not just folks who've already you know use Foundry VTT, but maybe some folks that might uh, think about picking it up. That would be, I, I'd encourage you all to check it out because it is a type of game experience for Pathfinder that I can pretty much guarantee you haven't had this type of experience before. Yeah, to That's be clear. That's the feedback I've been hearing too. You know, new users who find it amazing how much help there is getting a foothold on using the platform and the system and things like that so that it is seeming to bring new folks in and allowing an easy access to begin right that the beginner's box is not something that that is false advertising in that way right mm -hmm. yeah i just wanted to add also that um um in in case in case anybody here hasn't already checked out the offerings right now what we are offering on paizo.com is if you already own the pdf of the beginner box or the pdf of abomination vaults you will have the cost of that pdf deducted from the cost of the foundry module which brings it down to an incredibly low price for all the content that you get. Um, and if you do already have the, um, the and, and if you buy, if you don't, you can buy the Foundry module and get the PDF at the same time. So you've got that as well. And even if, even if you have, for instance, already played through some of the Abomination Vaults, the nice thing about uh, the Foundry product is that it is, uh, it's an entirely modular product that you can plunder for your own games if you want. You've got all these high-res tokens, you've got all these high-res maps, um, you've got the sound libraries, you've got all kinds of stuff that you can then use uh, in anything that you want. So we're, we're hoping that this is an appealing product to people who beyond who are, may just be interested in playing the adventure, even though the adventure itself is pretty amazing. Yeah, but that's a pretty cool bonus feature. Probe of stuff. There's a pretty cool bonus feature that we built into both Abomination Vaults and the Beginner Box, where if you have those premium modules enabled in Foundry, um, the special uh, full resolution, you know, creature artwork and creature tokens or the monsters that appear in the beginner box or the monsters that appear in Abomination Vaults, those are now accessible through the, the regular Pathfinder system compendium. So if you use any of those creatures in your own home game or in a different adventure or whatever, if there was a creature that was in Abomination Vaults that you have that artwork added through the Abomination Vaults premium module, you now have that artwork and that token that gets automatically applied whenever you use that creature in, in, any, in any game. In addition, I, I think you mentioned that there's a PDF discount and, and, and it does apply to Alkenstar as well. Doesn't it? I'm not wrong there. It does. It absolutely yeah. does. Um, isn't there also like a, a PaizoCon discount right now where if you 
have like a discount code or something for the positive? Well, I'm glad you asked because yes, um, and I should know the code. Um, maybe somebody will remind me of it in the Discord channel right now quickly while I'm awkwardly talking to cover the fact that I'm trying to figure it out. But yes, there is a code right now that will give you a, a, a 10% discount, I believe, on PDFs on the Paizo.com site, which is also effectively a discount on the uh, Foundry modules for the reason that we just described. Um, still don't have that. Where is it? Oh, hey, somebody got it to me. It's PaizoCon 2022, and it's 20%. It's not 10%. Thank you, Rachel. All the um, and thank you, Tim. All right, now I'm just going to get bombarded with other people reminding me of this. But You, you brought this on yourself. PaizoCon 2022, <laughs> and the discount is 20%. So, yeah, I mean, it, that that means that you could buy the, uh, the, the, the PDF of, and I think you can only use it once, but if you buy multiple PDFs, you'll still get those discounts all applied to any Foundry modules that you buy of the same content. So, awesome. steal! Take advantage of it. Take our, take, get our stuff for, for as little money as possible. That's Come play. Terrible business strategy, but that's what I'm saying right here. You're hearing it from me. It's how much we love the fans. It is. It's, we're doing it for you guys. Um, I was going to uh, briefly answer my own question actually earlier when something that you that you brought up made me think one of the challenges that I have just using Foundry in general in my home games is that there is suddenly the temptation to visualize everything yeah. <laughs> and things that previously were theater of the mind. It's like, oh man, maybe I do want a, a high-res map of the of the shop that they're just going to be buying armor and stuff in. Uh, maybe a fight will break out there. Maybe I do need tokens of all the random NPCs that are going to be milling about. Um, and I'm pleased to report that with uh, both Beginner Box and um, Outlaws of Alkenstar and Abomination Vaults, now you have that. If you want a token of uh, some random guy who's just hanging out in the bank, you've got one. Um, it's a selling point for me. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is for you as well. But uh, they all look incredible. That's the important thing. Trying to murder your players. Kind of GM, yeah, I mean, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. The, the temptation, I guess, is that now, because there's a token of everything, anybody could randomly snap and try to murder you at any time. So it makes the game more exciting. <laughs> um, speaking of the maps, um, one of the biggest selling points also is that with all of these new modules, uh, every single one of them contains super high-res maps done by, in, uh, in the case of AV... Um, they're done by Narky Maps, who is a well-known community creator. And in the case of the Outlaws of Dockenstar, they are done by uh, Alita Saxon, who's done some amazing work for Sigil in the past. Um, we had some conversations about this, but I, I was interested in, in, in hearing your guys' takes on why you decided that you wanted to go with the redone maps. And the upscaled ones? Yeah, I think... Um... Foundry Virtual Tabletop, every every product for enabling play digitally has its own areas of specialization. I think, you know, different options have different things that they really excel in. But I think one place that we've really emphasized is trying to make the most sort of visually and, and auditorily immersive experience that you can have that really brings you into the moment and, and brings you into your character and makes you feel like you're there. And and that kind of level of immersion is something that requires, um, you know, it, it requires a little bit of extra level of investment in terms of the art assets in order to really make the most of it. But we have a really fabulous uh, dynamic lighting engine. We have a really amazing engine for environmental audio. We have a really amazing approach to handle verticality in maps that allow for objects to be sort of above you as you're passing beneath them and things like that. And all of those features kind of work together in concert to really help you, um, you know, feel like you're in the moment uh, from from moment to moment as you're moving around the dungeon as your character. And, and it really makes the process of exploring 
especially for an adventure like Abomination Vaults, where it, there is so much like we're, we're delving into the unknown here. It makes that process of exploration so exciting. And so while the, you know, the maps that came with the original print adventure are really nicely done, they don't have some of those features that really allow that experience to shine in the, the technology that Foundry VTT offers. And so we, we made a bit of a pitch to see if we could upscale the resolution a bit, do some things in terms of the way that the maps are constructed in order to enable some of the like background and foreground separation, in order to design them in a way that's really suitable for doing lighting inside the, the engine that the VTT offers rather than having lights sort of represented on the map in some other way. Uh, you know, one of the really cool selling points of Foundry that, that people really love is, is doors. That's another thing like doors classically are represented on a print map in a, in a certain way, but doors in Foundry actually are like a, an interactable thing that you can, you, you can open and close. Um, and, and so all of those things are ones that just, in order to capture that sort of experience that's a little bit more game-like and a little bit more immersive, we needed certain features of the assets in order to make that happen. And so, you know, that was, that was sort of part of our pitch and, and just feel really grateful that um, we were able to, to get some buy-in from Paizo to try it. And, you know, hopefully the response from the community is that it's really a loved feature. And hopefully the response from the folks at Paizo is that, you know, hopefully it amazes you guys as well to see your work come to life in this way, uh, in, in an experience that's a little bit different than, than the physical book. There's also ways to make it. Sorry, go ahead, Amy. I was just gonna say it was another way in which we could use the features to make it easier to run the games too, right? So building macros in to help with opening and closing doors or having traps and things like that so that it makes it easy to have those kind of wow moments for your player on the fly without having to go through the crunch necessarily of trying to figure out how to do all of that yourself, right? You have the capacity to, to homebrew and tinker with all of these things within the platform itself. Foundry is amazing for those kinds of things as a VTT, but it's also baked in and having the upscaled maps allowed us to do that. I just want to also give a shout out to uh, Jason Juta, who has joined Alita in our cartography team. So he's started doing that alongside Dark Alley as well. Awesome. Sorry, Shane, go ahead. Yeah, the, um, the other thing that I was going to mention about the maps is that anyone who has regularly used uh, maps from Paizo PDFs will automatically and inherently understand the struggle of trying to convert them for VTT use in their current state. Because, and I'm not sure a lot of people recognize this, but there's this, uh, there's this issue when you're taking a map that was originally designed for print media and bringing it to a virtual tabletop that comes from the fact that these maps can be stretched visually when they're meant for printing because your eyes, my eyes, human eyes don't discern the difference between a pixel being slightly off or not. But when you take something that has a very set grid and tell a computer to put a grid over top of it, it needs to be the exact dimensions of those pixels. It needs to be a square 50 by 50 pixel grid or 100 by 100. And if you don't have that, it gets progressively more spaced out the further away you get. So while adaptations and upscaling can be used to make the original maps work, if you're going through the effort of doing that already, taking that extra step and redoing the maps at a fully immersive level of quality isn't that much more that needs to be done to achieve the color differences too, right? For for those who can see the differences in the color, right? The requirements of a print and printer for for DPIs and, and color saturations and things like that is different. And the visual expectation on a screen in a virtual tabletop is going to be different too. And so upscaling the map specifically for those features as well made that immersive atmosphere more robust. I think one thing that's really worth, worth highlighting, though, is that it, it sounds like maybe this is a big departure, um, whereas I, I think it should be clear that it's really a, a, an enhancement, a refinement of what the amazing authors of the adventure at Paizo wrote. I think both Narki and Alida 
demonstrated a, a really impressive attention to detail and really were very faithful in, in both translating the original layout of the print maps as well as augmenting those with the actual adventure text that, you know, describes the room. Like the room descriptions really pop off the page in the in the maps in these modules because as, you know, the game master, as you're narrating the exposition text of what your players see when they enter a certain room, it's right there, you see it, and that reinforces the environment that, that you're experiencing. And so um, there was just a really tremendous attention to detail placed on like representing the things that are written in the adventure on the map in a way that allows players to both see and hear the game master describing the, the environment in a way that really starts to make more sense than if you're just hearing it or just seeing it. I just realized that I forgot to name drop uh, Forgotten Adventures, who are the people who actually created the assets that those maps were made with. Um, now, obviously, there's a tremendous amount of skill involved in making those those maps from the existing assets, but see, but the assets themselves, or at least 90 plus percent of them, are actually available on the Forgotten Adventures website for free, as long as you're not using them for commercial use. So if you like these maps and you say, man, I want to make some more of those, uh, something like that myself, uh, you can start by getting the assets from Forgotten yeah. Adventures and then spend years practicing using them and then eventually <laughs> maybe you'll reach the level of quality that we got for these. I've I've tried to use them and I they look better than I could draw by myself, but uh, there's obviously a tremendous amount of skill involved in actually leveraging those assets to make make the kind of maps that you guys produced. Well, a huge a huge reason we wanted to leverage the the fantastic Forgotten Adventures library for this is that it does enable for artists like Narki and Alita to work in parallel and to produce maps where the visual experience that you have with Outlaws of Alkenstar and with the Beginner Box and with Abomination Vaults have a, a degree of parity where, you know, it can establish a certain sort of quality and aesthetic expectation that we can carry through hopefully all of the Paizo products that we're able to do that, you know, can that you know as customers you'll know what to expect and that if you go from one adventure path to another you know there will be some sort of consistency of tone uh that that will carry you know across all of those experiences and that's something that would be very hard to do with map artists that are you know kind of just drawing hand drawing from scratch maps because then you have various aspects of sort of personal style that really start to come in but building these maps from such a rich underlying library of component assets allows for that consistency that I think creates a nice experience carried across products. So I have a question here, uh, and this is a question, it's, it's a rhetorical question for everybody here, uh, obviously, but it's a question that some people might uh, might have who might be watching the stream who haven't actually tried Foundry or other virtual tabletops before. Uh, and I was one of those people prior to the pandemic. I had never actually played on a virtual tabletop at all. Um, and now, even as the pandemic is hopefully becoming less and less of an issue, um, I, it's still the uh, it's now the only place that I'm currently playing any games. Um, so I'm curious, what aside from the fact that we could the, the visual options that are opened up by this, why, why, why a virtual tabletop at all? Why not just run a game normally over a video chat call if you have to do it remotely? What kinds of what do you see as the major benefits that a virtual tabletop platform like Foundry brings to a, brings to a game that's being played remotely? Obviously, the remote aspect of it, and this is a nice thing that I've also been able to take advantage of, is that suddenly now I can play with people that I used to play with in a different yeah. state years ago. Friends in Europe and Australia, yeah, that, that you can't play with in person. I think I'm probably the one-off in the, the team here in that the vast majority of my games for the past, I'm going to say easily 20 years, have been run online. Um, I started out using uh, IRC chat and stuff like that. Uh, I, I moved from like just a text-based IRC chat to Discord when Discord became popular. But prior to that, I was using 
Google Sheets, and before Google Sheets, I was using text files that my players would send me and I'd sit them on my computer. Um, and the motivation to switch to a virtual tabletop for me was largely finding a virtual tabletop where I could make my own game a custom system and actually have it work. So that was, that's what drove me towards it. But all the features that I want in a virtual tabletop just come natively and are easy to use and intuitive for Foundry, which is what drove me to it two years ago when I stumbled into the server on Discord at 2 a.m. on a Saturday. So glad that you did. Um, well, it's been a wild couple of years. Yeah, it's been wild. I, I have a, a sort of philosophical thought that um, what really transitions a virtual tabletop into the realm that makes it value adding for a group, it, it is highly variable from, from group to group. But there is, you know, a range of, of software and, and features that aren't enough and that and that trying to use them might actually detract from gameplay. It might actually detract from role playing because you end up kind of needing to manage the software and manage the storytelling and manage interaction with other players. And in some senses, like if it if if it doesn't have the 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 level of features that allow it to eclipse that threshold, then a VTT isn't necessarily right for every group. But there are features of the software that, you know, if, for certain groups and once the software becomes more rich in terms of what it can do, that the software no longer is like a friction against the fluency of role-playing, but in fact, it's a force multiplier. It's actually augmenting the quality of role-playing that you, that you experience. And in order to do that, you've got to have great software. It's got to be intuitive. The players need to know how to use it. It's got to take care of a lot of things for, for them to remove some of the like bookkeeping frictions that might otherwise get in the way in terms of like, oh, when did, you know, when did this affliction or when did this effect expire? Was it last round? What round did that start? How, you know, was this a, am I like frightened three or frightened two? I, like. Some of those tracking aspects um, are ones that if the software does it for you and the information's right there and it's all taken care of, it's just something that you don't spend any time on during the game. And instead you're really thinking about like, what would my character do? Or what action do I want to take? Or how am I going to stop my friend from getting killed by this horrible monster? And, and those are things that I think then start to enhance the, the, the fun that you're having within the game. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about the map, it doesn't necessarily have to be about the visuals, but a lot of things about like tracking conditions during content, automating dice rolls to make sure that you're implementing the rules correctly, making sure that like when you roll a, a saving throw or, or an attack roll, you're actually determining properly if you're you know, if your guidance that your friend gave you actually mattered to, to help you, you know, pass your check or, or hit a monster. Like those things all just like start to make the experience more fun and start to take away things that could get in the way if you didn't have them. And so it, I guess that's a very long-winded answer to say that it's not necessarily right for every group and the, the barrier of when you pass from like the VTT making your game better, you know, when you pass into that, that section, like that's different for every group. But I think that's the basic idea is that the software can do so many things for you that in theory, can can really make your role playing a, a lot more fluid and a lot more fun. That's the thing. The crunch level of the mechanics for a lot of people is a barrier. And, you know, even my sister will have been playing a system for a long time and we still have to go back and look things up. So the fact that you can search things up so quickly on the fly and Folks who don't want to have to do the math or don't want to have to think about all of those different features don't have to, and they can just be in their character and having the fun that they want. And people who want to see all the math can see it if you hover over the dice rolls and things like that. So you've got a full range of experience that's possible within the platform that I think is important to variability and isn't just because people are stuck inside for a pandemic. It, it's something that persists and is useful for folks uh, in a variety of contexts. 
and isn't necessarily mutually exclusive with in-person play, right? Say you've got your map to share and everybody's got their character sheets in person. You can you can use both and you can integrate things to the level or degree or in the fashion that you want to for your group. Yeah, I've seen some, some people were alluding to it a bit in the Twitch chat, but I've seen some amazing setups that people have where they've got like a giant touch screen that the, uh, that's connected to a machine that's running Foundry and a uh, little- The future is here, we get to make it. Yeah, they just move their, uh, their, and they're moving their minis around, and as they walk around a corner, the dynamic lighting are showing is showing what they can see, and it's pretty cool. And, and there's, like, Kickstarters for Bluetooth dice that'll automatically send the results straight to the system. So if you if you want to go all out with stuff like this, you absolutely can. It's it's That's one of the neat things about the system is you can, you can use it as essentially a video call with a map or if you want to you can go all out and load it up with modules and do all kinds of crazy crap um something that specifically to call out i think is that the pathfinder 2 system on foundry in particular is one of the things that makes the pathfinder experience on foundry particularly amazing uh, foundry itself is, an, is a pretty incredible platform but the system that the all-volunteer team by the way uh, has put together for Pathfinder 2 is uh, incredible when it comes to automation. It, it'll do things like automatically calculate your your range modifiers based on how far tokens are on the map. Uh, it'll automatically uh, show things, show a, change the lighting according to who has dark vision and who doesn't. Um, it'll automatically calculate flanking now. It's pretty incredible. Um, and that's, and the community is amazing, and they yep. are such good people and devoted to the system in a way that is just inspiring. I'll yeah, also no add that impossible without the incredible groundwork that they laid with that system. I'll also add that the PF2E dev team is incessant. They never <laughs> stop developing, and the rate at which they develop is just... It's very hard to keep up with. They just have so many new features that they're constantly working on, and I'm I'm very excited to see what's coming down the line. And a global following. Yeah, it's a it's a big community that's very organized. Like they have a a lot of structure to make sure that the Pathfinder system on Foundry is developed in you know a, a responsible way, in a in a structured way, in a way that enables them to move very fast to implement new features and um, you know new pieces of content they're able to adapt the system very quickly and i think that that's a joint testament to the framework that foundry vtt provides but also the passion and dedication of the pathfinder community and the ingenuity of folks in that community to you know take best advantage of those tools um, i think that like speaking of virtual tabletop and, and experience and how that can change versus pen and paper. I think there's a little anecdote that might work well here. Um, one thing we were encountering when converting the beginner box is that the written beginner box does a good job of abstracting away or removing a couple of more advanced mechanics that might be a little bit overwhelming to brand new players. So the, you know, the stat blocks of certain monsters or the way that certain mechanics work are adjusted slightly for the sort of new player experience in the beginner box. Now, we actually struggled a little bit with that in Foundry because if we were to implement those special beginner box rules, we actually would have had to fight the system a little bit that basically did all of those things in a very easy way for you. And so the solution in print is that the print beginner box you know limits the focus of some certain rules right away but the solution in virtual tabletop is actually a little bit different because the software handles all of these things for you some of those rules don't need to be necessarily removed or presented the same way that they are in the print version and so that was like a little bit of a design struggle that we had to navigate in terms of well the print the print does this very intentionally but the the digital system already handles this in a way that is not going to be overwhelming to new players and so that was kind of an interesting divergence that that i think is a good example um of, of how that experience can change things 
Cool. Um, so yeah, we have about 12 minutes left and I think we wanted to open it up to questions from uh, the community. While, um, we're, while we're collecting questions, can we show the abomination vaults real quick? Oh yes, please, please do that. Sorry about that. Just uh, completely It'd be a good interlude while we collect questions. Collect yes. questions too. <clears throat> For five hundred years, the gauntlet beyond the edge of Otari has laid dormant. As its baleful light pierces the darkness once again, what will you find below, in the abomination vaults? See Otari like never before with a huge new regional map remade in beautiful detail by Narki Maps and guide your players from its peaceful borders into the fog fin where the gauntlet towers. Explore the abomination vaults using either upscaled versions of the original maps or the unmatched Foundry VTT exclusive versions. Every step of the adventure is prepared to be easy to run with over 400 journal entries pre-linked to relevant details helpful info boxes that break down encounters, available treasure, nearby traps, and more. All of the walls, lights, and creatures are pre-placed on each scene with playlists from Sirenscape ready for every occasion so you can focus on the game. Combat is easy to run using the Pathfinder 2nd Edition game system and immersive to experience with almost 200 actors complete with beautiful portrait and token artwork. Pull your players further into the story as they navigate through the Mega Dungeon's many floors over dozens of sessions and grow from first level adventurers to 11th level heroes. The mysterious gauntlet beckons adventurers into a perilous delve through Pathfinder's most iconic dungeon. Those who brave the Abomination Vaults will discover the evil that dwells within is no mere local menace. Experience the Abomination Vaults like never before on Foundry Virtual Tabletop. Available now. And we're back. Okay, um, so I wanted to start with a question that somebody asked further up the stream. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you, though. So that the Paizo fans and community, before we answer your questions, understand exactly how influential and essential Andrew White, or Stubley as many of us know him, was in making all of this happen. It was a very long process, and Andrew has been absolutely fantastic as a liaison and instigator of helping Foundry VTT and Sigil uh, Services get this rolling. Um, so please, please know that he is super important to this process and that we all love him dearly and that you all should thank him as well. well yeah, thank you're you here. Definitely second that. I, Third I that. I mean, you guys, it was your guys' great work that, that made me want to do it. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just glad to have the opportunity to, to help make some of this amazing stuff happen because it's it's been pretty cool. Teamwork making the dream work. That's great. Uh, okay, so the, the question that somebody had further upstream was um, uh, for Amy. Would love to hear some more about Sigil's experience. Is it Sigil or Sigil? Is it the Planescape? Sigil. It is, right. it's, sigil is in the symbol. I'm saying Sigil, yeah. but I don't know for sure. Um, because yeah, Eric no, you're always good. Sigil, and it's... I hollered at Eric about that, but he's fine. We forgive him. Uh, would you love to hear? Uh, would love to hear more about Sigil's experience developing content for Foundry as a third party. What was your favorite part? I've heard great things about the journals in Punk, but I haven't been able to look yet. Spoilers. I was so excited that Steampunk was the theme that we got to do because personally, I have a massive soft spot for that, and so getting to do token borders and things like that, that that highlighted the theme of uh punks and and cradle courts and outlaws of alkenstar has been super fun and so getting access to the original design files and being able to work in tandem with the foundry vtt team has been really really awesome you know um we we talk regularly and try and keep a level of consistency so that the experience is something that's identifiable across all of the conversions that we've been doing, right? And that our cartographers um, have been dedicated to keeping 
the functionality and intent of the maps from a design perspective there. But as Andrew already explained, right, the, the kind of enhancements that make it easier to run the maps and the games and the systems in general. So on the whole, our team has been super excited and happy to be able to have access to these amazing materials and to be able to build them. Kind of my experience. Cool. Um, so the next four, five questions are all variations on the same thing, uh, which I think we all kind of anticipated. Um, we've got people saying, so are there plans to build, to bring more APs to Foundry? Uh, how about Ruby Phoenix? How about Kingmaker? How about uh, other stuff? And the answer is, as always, uh, if you keep buying the stuff that we are putting out now, then there will probably be more stuff in the future. Um, I like making stuff. Yeah. You like playing uh, it? It's been a great experience, and people do seem to like it. Um, so yeah, it's if if you if you if you like it, then um, buy it. Tell your friends. Uh, use the Paizo 2022 discount code now to get the PDF for an even better deal, and signal to the people that uh, hold the keys to the giant money hose somewhere in the Paizo offices that uh, you want them to open it and spray more money on the Foundry development team. I don't know, that metaphor really got away from me about halfway yeah. through. But, um, but yes, buy more of these things, yeah. we will make more of these things. And I, um, um, yeah, that's I, pretty much what it comes down to. I also just want to comment on a, a couple of very key items related to that in that we obviously don't want to openly commit to anything that we haven't started work on yet. Uh, so for those of you hoping for like news about Bloodlords or about uh, Ruby Phoenix or anything along those lines, I'm sorry to say that we don't have any news to give you, uh, but I can tell you that there are certainly plans for future projects coming down the line one I want to address specifically is the plans for tokens. I have a passion project uh, for tokens that I want to bring forward, but uh, is going to require a lot of discussion and a lot of decision making before we can announce anything about it. Um, and when we get there, we'll get there. But I, I hope that the news that it is being considered and is a prominent consideration is news that will at least excite some people um, and we'll we'll see when we can talk about more yeah definitely figuring out the right ways to enhance the experience of playing pathfinder on foundry like that's that's the goal uh certainly like having access to artwork is something that would be a huge boon for for game masters all over who who you know regardless of what adventure path they're running um so that's something we would like to explore but you know it requires a lot of thought and a lot of work on the ap side of things i think you know we're excited to think about what we might do next i think the the process of getting beginner box and abomination vaults together it required a lot of work from the team uh you know and we're probably going to take a few days to, you know, take a deep breath and uh, relax Eat. after that that final sprint and and enjoy the the fruits of our labors. But I don't think it'll be too long before we huddle up to think about, you know, what might be a next product that would really shine on Foundry, and and if we were to do a next one, what would that be? And I think probably. Our thought process around that will be partly based on what the community is most enthusiastic about, partly based on what's coming up on Paizo's roadmap, because, you know, all else held equal, newer releases have a certain excitement that might outshine, you know, revisiting older things. Uh, but then also thinking about like what adventure paths or what products would have an experience that would really play well on VTT, because there's different APs with wildly different themes in terms of their pillars of gameplay and the, the, the types of experiences that, that you have at the table. 
And I think some of them maybe are a little bit better suited to the sort of moment to moment exploration, that kind of immersive style of playing it in a VTT than others. And so those are all things that we'll be thinking about in terms of trying to choose, you know, a next target. Now, it'd be it'd be nice to say like, oh, everything, you know, it'll all be there. But, you know, we do have to make some choices. And so we'll, we'll be thinking about those things when we, you know, commit to uh, to what's next. I just want to jump in real quick because we have two minutes left. Um, one of the other questions that was just a slightly more detailed version of what's next was somebody asking about Starfinder. Um, that is probably the most common question that we get after the token question that Nath already answered. And the only answer that I am cleared to give on that is that would sure be cool, wouldn't it? Um, that would definitely be cool. One, one thing that may not have come through in this panel that really bears mentioning is that there is a really great Starfinder system available on Foundry VTT. So we don't have like a, an official premium adventure path yet for, for Starfinder done in this particular style. Um, but there is a really great Starfinder system for playing Starfinder on Foundry. So, uh, you know, that that is a lot better of a starting place than, than starting from zero. So if you're a Starfinder player and you're really excited about the types of experiences that you saw in our trailers for Pathfinder, um, you should look into start, you know, feel free to give Starfinder on Foundry a, a look. I think it, it's a really great system that has a lot of the same functionality um, there as well. Now, it'd be great if we could do some official premium products for it um so you know hopefully hopefully the opportunity will present itself to do that mm -hmm. yeah just to be clear starfinder and for, for those interested because people were asking about this as well pathfinder 1e also has a good uh, implementation on foundry so all of these systems can be played on foundry right now whether or not we actually end up producing premium content for them is remains to be seen but fortunately uh andrew the other andrew foundry andrew uh knows what pe what systems people are playing on his platform and yeah. uh he can tell us uh what people seem to be interested in so we will come play come hang out he's watching everything you do he's uh <laughs> he's like i'm actually ball. not I'm, I'm not watching everything you do i <laughs> that's that's actually not correct but <laughs> yeah no ignore ignore like 40 percent of what i say i'm i'm wildly misinformed on almost everything about foundries behind the scenes functionality <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I think that is the end of our 50 minutes. I want to thank uh, Andrew and Shane and Amy for joining us uh, and for producing such amazing content for us to talk about. Um, again, just to throw this in there at the end, uh, if you want to check out Foundry, it's foundryvtt.com. Um, and if you want to buy a whole bunch of PDFs on the Paizo website, which you can then turn into discounts, on the premium content that is available for Foundry for Pathfinder 2E, you can use the Pi the uh, code PaizoCon2022 for a 20% discount. It's, it's a no-brainer. Why guys. not? It's a no-brainer. Um, all right. Well, thank you, everybody. And I'd, I'd really like to quickly, but, I'd really uh, like to very quickly shout out that we will be live on Twitch tomorrow on twitch.tv slash foundryvtt for an actual play of the beginning of Abomination Vaults, a slightly curated different version of it, but it will be showing off the premium AV module in Foundry, and it's gonna be really entertaining, lots of great characters, good party banter, uh, lots of chaos sure to ensue, and we'll have some giveaways uh, during that stream of the Abomination Vaults product, as well as maybe a couple other uh, Pathfinder products to give away during that stream. So that'll be starting at noon Eastern tomorrow uh, on the Foundry VTT Twitch channel if you're keen to see the Abomination Vaults product in action a bit more. Happy, yeah, happy PaizoCon, everybody. Have a great time.